Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Favourite Friends. And uh, I'm Jo Geeling, and I'm really excited to welcome a very special guest today. I think someone you're going to fall in love with as well. And I'd like to introduce to you, all the way from Townsville, is Tash Lane. Welcome, Tash. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I probably should I call you Natasha or do you like Tash? I probably should ask that question first. No, Tash is fine. I'm fine with Tash. Tash is fine. Oh, it's so good. Well, I've actually known you for a little while and uh, our paths have crossed over the years. And uh, obviously, uh, Paul's got to know you guys, you know, I think through Youth Alive originally and some of the things he was doing there. But uh, part of our IC family in Townsville now, which is really exciting. And uh, everyone just speaks so highly of you guys. And uh, so we thought we'd better get to know you a little bit better. And uh, so maybe just give us a real quick snapshot who you are. Tell us a bit about yourself, Tash. Okay. Well, I am Tash. I um, My husband is Josh, or he likes to be called Joshua. So we call him Joshua. Okay. <laughs> and I've got, yes, I've got two. <laughs> Uh, two gorgeous little kids, Josephine and Nehemiah. And yeah, we live in Townsville. I actually, I was born in Sydney and um, grew up in Canberra till I was about 12, 13. And then we moved to Townsville, my family. So, and been in Townsville ever since. A long time. (laughs) Yeah, that is a long time. That's a really long time. All right. I'm going to backtrack yeah. a little bit because just for the people listening, we're actually recording this uh, the day after the second Origin game uh, that just happened. And as an Adelaide girl, I'm totally, you know, it, I'm really not too stressed either way. But, Tash, let's talk about you living in Townsville, but who are you supporting? Well, we do we want to have this conversation? Because <laughs> I am a true blue New South Wales supporter, even yeah. though, yes, I do live in Townsville. Yeah. But, yeah, I've gone for the blues forever. So I'm really happy and excited about the outcome. <laughs> but I know a lot of my friends <laughs> um, were very silent today. I didn't hear much of them on social media. <laughs> Um, or bagging me out, and I must say, I think I took the high road because I have not uh, really rubbed it in their faces or anything. <laughs> so yeah, and we actually we went to the first game in Townsville, and it was just like I've never been in an environment where everybody, nearly everybody, was wearing maroon, <laughs> and here I was, like I was a blue Smurf, I was dressed in head to toe blue, <laughs> and yeah. It was very, very exciting, and I'm glad that we did make history, but it's probably not the history that Townsville wanted to make because no. I think it was Queensland's biggest loss <laughs> you know, okay. in you Townsville. So but I was happy with that. <laughs> you're a divided marriage as well then, aren't you? There's, there's issues in your marriage because of this. <laughs> yeah, and our children, um, our children can even be a little bit confused because they don't know if they should support mum or support dad. So we're trying to just whatever, Jojo, whoever she wants to support, she can support. No pressure from us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because um, league is in a bit of your blood, isn't it, as well? You've got to, you know, good old rugby league in your blood, haven't you? 
Yes, yeah. My dad used to play for the Raiders and, um, yeah, so, and he played for New South Wales, so I can't really go for Queensland. And he must be so disappointed that you married a Queensland guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was the first one in my family to get married and when my sister brought home a potential husband, <laughs> if that's how you want to say it, <laughs> um, the first question was who does he support, New South Wales or Queensland? And it actually was he supported Queensland. So we have two Queenslanders in our family. <laughs> but wow. the rest of us, there's like six of us, New South Wales. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, okay. Well, that does yeah. get a little bit tense. So we probably just can go, congratulations, New South Wales. Let's move on. And uh, like I said, it doesn't affect me. Yeah, so I'm totally you. gone. <laughs> All right. So living in Townsville, you know, um, <laughs> Tell us about, you know, your love of Townsville, love of the place and, uh, you know, why you're there today. Yeah, so when I actually first moved to Townsville, I actually didn't know where Townsville was. My parents had to show me on a map. It's like Townsville was way up the top, like not up the top but close enough to. So, yeah, and actually when I did first move there, I hated Townsville. But I think it was because my parents had dragged me from an environment that I loved, moved up, and it was a completely different experience. But um, since being growing up here in my teenage years and then meeting Josh, who he loves Townsville, <laughs> and, yeah, we just we love Townsville. We love the city. We love the people. Uh, we love the weather. It's great weather all year round. Um, but... Like summer can be a bit hot, but we have air con, so that kind of, you know, you can still be cool. Um, but, yeah, so we just, we love it. We don't ever want to move. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a bold statement because, you know, and obviously um, <laughs> I, I met you in Townsville and uh, you've always been involved in serving the youth yeah. at Townsville. And, um, you know, we hear a lot about Townsville in the media, probably not for good reasons as yeah. well. And um, it's great to hear that people actually love their city. Yeah. And there's, um, yeah, so this year, because of some of the stuff that happened over the Christmas period at the start of the year, there was just a group of us that were just um, like, we were kind of fed up with hearing the statistics and hearing what was going on with young people and how that kind of, like a minority of young people kind of affected like what people thought of young people in Townsville. And so we were like, no, we want to do something. We don't just want to um, talk about it, but we want to do something to make a difference. And then so we just we just had a meeting and then it just went from there, put steps into place. And then, yeah, we created um, Queensland Youth Connections um, and it's a registered company, a corporation, and we've just seen God so far just open um, door after door for us. Yeah. So it's been really cool. And, um, well, before we get into a bit more about what youth, uh, Queensland Youth Connections is, why is this such a passion for you? Yeah. Um, I think because, <laughs> yeah, like for me, I always think that um, every young person deserves to have somebody believe in them and if their home environment can't provide that, then 
Like I want to be able to provide that for a young person that, you know, there's someone that believes in you, someone that believes that you can change, um, that you can turn your life around and you can make a difference in your world. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. So tell us a bit more how you do that. Like what does that actually look like? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so we kind of, we do, because what we see is that um, it's a community response. Like if we want to see change in Townsville, um, in our community, then it takes a community response, not just up to the government or just up to like the laws to say this, this and this, but it takes a community response. So what we do is at the moment we partner with local businesses, organisations, um, just even sole like small business, whatever it is, And we partner with them to hold a workshop so that we get a group of young people come along to the workshop. And the idea is that a young person um, connects with a community person, a local business, and then it kind of just starts that progression of what industry am I interested in, what kind of um, things do I want to do in the future. So it's just it's at the start of kind of engaging young people in a non-school environment to be like, hey, this is what hands, um, try and think of the word, but like experience, you get to do that experience. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> We're just having a visitor join us, Israel, right now. I love that. Um, because I think also <laughs> a little visitor just joining us. That's I love, I love this. It, this is all happening right now. You know, when mum's trying to say, get out the door, get out the door. <laughs> That's awesome. Because I think, like, like I said, you've worked with youth and in the community in lots of different areas, yourself and, and Josh. And, um, like, what do you think that our young people actually need, especially some of these kids at risk? And um, is it because, you know, there's no dreams in their heart? Like, what, what how do we break some of these cycles? Yeah, well, through communications that we're having with young people, the number one thing that we've noticed that keeps coming through is that they want, like, they want to be heard. So it's kind of like you can have um, a family unit or people that they're at school with or wherever they are, but it's kind of like they just want that non-judgmental environment to kind of just express who they are, but then without the whole... um, like rules or like you shouldn't be thinking that or doing that, but it's kind of like an environment where, okay, this is just what I'm feeling and like do you accept me? Like so it's kind of it's been really interesting, the different conversations that we are having with young people and how young people, they just kind of just want to be heard. They just want their voice to be heard. Yeah, it's great. All right. It's a major, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. All right, so you just said uh, I laughed at this because it's like so we just started a business and uh, we just started it. And uh, so how do you just start a business? I guess that's probably my question. Some tips out there for people who just want to start a business. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I know, like it's kind of, okay, well, yeah, we're going to do it. So what are the avenues that we need to look at to create it? And it's really good because the team of people that um, I have working, like doing this, we kind of have all different backgrounds. So it's kind of been um, like I have a teacher, 
we have a lawyer. So it's like we have all people in across all these different fields that are able to contribute. But the number one thing I think is like, okay, you're going to do this and then you just you just got to pick that one one thing that you need to do to start and then do it. So for us it was like to register the business name. So we did that as the first thing and then it kind of just all, it all just rolled on from there. And we, we just applied for things, applied for a bank account. We got a bank account the other day, so that was really exciting. <laughs> um, and it's funny because sometimes you need something before you can get something else. So for our non-for-profit status, we needed our bank account and then it's like, well, we need this to get our bank account. So it was like, it's like, oh, so it's just working everything out. But I think the major key is just to, once you have like something on your heart, you just got to do it. You just got to do that one thing that's going to get the ball rolling. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And all right, well, let's back it up a little bit. So how did you meet your husband? Let's talk about that. (laughs) Well, this is a classic story. Um, So (laughs) Josh, back in the day, they used to have Royal Rangers. I don't know if you've... um, if you were kind of a part, have ever heard of that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Josh was 10. No, he must have been older. He always says 10, but I'm like, I was 12 when I moved to Townsville. And so he was probably 11 and he'd seen me because him and my brother kind of were in the same Royal Rangers group and he'd seen me. And so he reckons that moment he knew, like <laughs> that he knew that I was going to be the person but um, so we kind of ended up going to the same church. I didn't really meet him again until probably five years later. We were teenagers um, in the same church. And, yeah, we just, we built a long friendship over time. And then, yeah, Josh just, he bit, bit the bullet, I guess. <laughs> he was like, yep, she's the one. And then <laughs> he um, he asked me, asked me out and then it just yeah so we kind of met through church got married at church had kids at church <laughs> so it's yeah church has actually been a big part um I think of our foundation in a sense God it's a really a core value of ours because that's kind of how we met and everything that we've kind of it's a big part of who we are yeah that's awesome that's awesome so did you actually grow up in a Christian home um, yeah, I think, oh, well, give and take a few years. Mum got saved when we were, like, I was a young child and then not long after Dad got saved and then um, we moved, when we moved up here, we kind of just all, yeah, I've kind of grown up in a Christian home and it's been good, I think, because um, I didn't I didn't go to a Christian high school so it was able to kind of use that um, who I was, I learned to stand up for my own beliefs and really not be afraid of of talking about Jesus or just knowing that people, my friends, knew that I went to church. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. this big secret. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, yeah. that's a hard thing. And um, so what school did you actually go to in Townsville? Which high school? Um, Townsville Grammar School, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. yeah, it's a Josh big. And I went to different high schools. <laughs> ah, okay. so even though, yeah, so we kind of met up at youth group, but we were just building a friendship. 
It was never anything like more than that. <laughs> Wise a youth group. Wise move, hey? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait till after high school. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's it. Just be young. Enjoy being young, being free. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me, um, especially when you're old. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's a good, good advice. So who, because who, I, I always love hearing the stories of when, you know, salvation comes to someone's life or house or family. Yeah. How did your mum meet Jesus? Because obviously that changed the destiny for you yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think um, it was through this lady that she just kind of built a friendship with um, and she just asked her to come to church and then she just said yes and it just, yeah, it started from there. But it's kind of amazing because it took somebody to invite her and then, yeah, it kind of has changed the course of my life and then my kid's life and, yeah, so it's I love it because I think if that person wasn't confident enough or didn't have that boldness to ask her, then who knows where, like, what my life would look like today. Yeah. But, yeah, and then we used to, uh, my sister in particular, so we would all go to church and Dad would be at home and I think my sister would always ask him when we got home on a Sunday, oh, are you going to come to church next week or are you going to come? And for years he just said no, like for a few years, but then eventually he just said yes and he started coming too. So then it was kind of a whole family affair after that. That's powerful. I love that. And so for yeah. you, when, when did like Jesus become real? I mean, because you can go to church, but when did you have that real encounter, I guess, or the understanding that God's real and he actually affects my life and who I am? Yeah, so um, I was... I remember, like, I remember this story, this moment. I was 16 um, and it was just a Sunday service. Just, it was in August. Like, I even remember the month. It's so weird. <laughs> but it was in August. And I just remember um, our senior pastor at the time was just preaching. And then at the end, he just did an altar call. And I remember thinking, like, back then you would raise your hand. <laughs> you would raise your hand. <laughs> And I remember it's like I raised my hand, but it's like I wasn't even raising my hand in a sense. It was like I just knew that I needed, like I needed Jesus in my life. And there was just this emptiness that I'd felt. And just as he was talking and I was like, I just need that. I just need to come to Jesus. And then I remember just going out the front and just weeping and just being like, yep, yeah, I'm yours, Jesus. Like whatever you want to do in my life, I'm here for you. So wow. that's yeah, that's really powerful. And it's sort of um, set you on a whole course because I think you guys have probably done everything in church life, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> well, I haven't done men's ministry. Oh, okay. Well, we can arrange <laughs> it. We can arrange it. But um, no. tell us some of the areas you've been involved in. What have you been um, Yeah. Yeah, so I've done kids' ministry for years. I love Love doing kids ministry. I think you can be, you can just be silly when you're in kids ministry with kids. You just get to hang out and have fun. So yeah, I've done kids ministry, um, youth, like for a long time, Josh and I were um, the youth pastors at a church and yeah, we loved, we loved, we loved young people and we love seeing God move in young people's lives. And yeah, and we've been, 
Uh, we've worked for church. We've Josh is um he's a pastor, so yeah, and now we're doing young adults. And it's kind of cool because we've never like we've always worked with young adults and built teams with young adults, but we've never actually done young adults ministry per se. So it's kind of cool to do something different, even though we've been around for a long time as well. <laughs> no, I, I love that. I, mean, I love that you're doing the young adults. I think that's fantastic. And uh, Paul, my husband always says, that, you know, they're the like the, the like the army of the church. They 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 can um, yeah. the engine room of the church because they can bring so much, and they've got a bit more time sometimes than you know some people with lots of kids and that. But uh, oh, that's awesome. Like I love your heart. I want to go back to you. Just said something before about you know like church is what Josh and I value, and let's talk about some of those values because. I think even in challenging situations, I find sometimes people don't know what their values are that sustain them. Um, let's talk about that because you're saying church has always been a value for you or, you know, share a bit more about that. Yeah. So when I was thinking like as I don't know if any other girls do this when they're young, but it was kind of a you have your list of who you want to marry. <laughs> and on it, the number one thing I always had was someone after, like, after God's own heart. Yeah. So someone who I didn't care, like some people would write what they look like and blue eyes or whatever, tall, dark, handsome. But for me, it was always I wanted to see somebody who had a heart after God and could worship um, and be, like, that was their main priority. And so when like when I came across Josh or, you know, it was something that he really valued too. It wasn't um, like it was something he was after more than like looks or anything like that, even though he thinks I'm beautiful. But <laughs> You are and you are. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and through like that was the main thing for our relationship was like we have this faith, we believe in God, so let's build a life where, you know, let's see God do amazing things through us. And so that kind of is the the main value we have. But then we have like we choose to honour and respect. And, you know, that can be hard at times. Any married couple will tell you <laughs> it can be hard to make those choices. But when you come back to that, like God's there, God's at the centre, it's like you're not going to give up. There's that hope that um, things can get better and, you know, we, it's always about us first, our hearts. We look at our own hearts. So, yeah, it's, um, it's just, it kind of just centers us. And we have all these other things, but that's the one thing I think that we value. And then I'm trying to teach that to your children. That's mm -hmm. it. at the stage that we're at now. It's like, okay, we've had this. How do we like protect our, not protect, but how do we, you know, when you have children, it's like a whole nother level of trust because you're like, yeah. we can't be with our children all the time. We have to trust God. So, yeah, trust is something that God's been doing in me lately is just like, do you trust me, Tash? Do you trust me? And it's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. I, I had that revelation oh, years ago, but as especially as a mother, I think you're like, you know, you'd rather take the pain, the suffering for your kids than for them to face it. And yet yeah. we've all gone through challenges and it's made us who we are today. And yet here we are trying to remove our kids from these challenges. And um, I just love that scripture. I can't even remember where it is. Um, 
Psalms or Proverbs, it says your children will be taught of the Lord and yeah. you know, they will be there. They're, they're flourishing, basically. They're planting and all that sort of stuff. They're, they'd thrive. And I've always went, okay, God, they're your responsibility. You need to you need to teach them because I can't be there all the time and I can't do life lessons and I can't remove them from some of the challenges, which is really hard sometimes. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, no, it's so cool. I love that. I love hearing people that, um, you know, Paul always has a laugh about people when they get married, they could be on fire for God. And then once they get married, the next thing is they're just going to Bunnings every weekend and that's the highlight of their life. And um, I'm kind of getting – yeah, They just want more plants. <laughs> or a letterbox, you know, or something exciting like that. And Paul's like always going, we've never been like that. I go, we kill plants, right? That's what we do. Um, but I, I love that you've got that heart as well. It's just like the priorities and, um, yeah. Really beautiful. Yeah, and when we had kids too, when we had first had Jojo, because um, a lot of our friends or people that we knew who'd had kids were kind of like they just choose to do things differently. So when we had kids, we were like, no, we're going to be intentional about um, Jo. Like Josie was an addition to our life, so she's going to come with us. So whatever we kind of were doing, she was kind of there with us, and. It was like, no, you don't need to stop being who you are when you have kids as well. Like it's like they're an addition. So it might look different, but you still can bring them on the journey as well. Yeah. I think that's really important that, yeah, we've got to, we've got to model this life for them. That's not something separate. So I love that. That's so cool. Um, so let's talk about culture. Let's talk about culture because, you know, yeah. I'd love you to share a bit about your culture as well, but then how kingdom culture comes to play in that as well. Maybe <laughs> just give us a bit of insight into that. Yeah, so um, Josh and I are both, well, Indigenous, and it's kind of funny because um, Aboriginal, both our dads are Aboriginal, and so it's kind of like we both kind of grew up in this um, having a Caucasian mother, and then our dads were Indigenous. So it's kind of like when I looked at his family, I was like, oh, we're very similar in the kind of ways that we were brought up. But, um, yeah, so we, like, we love um, who we are, who God's created us to be. And at the end of the day, like, who we are as Christians, to us that kind of trumps everything. And... Like our culture is something that we value, but we value kingdom culture. And, yeah, like it's just, especially in today's society, like it's just there's such, I don't even know the right word to use, but there's just such um, talk about all this stuff all the time. And it's like there's that value that, well, we're not, like we're all the same. We're all equal in God's eyes. We're all the same. He values us all the same. And we just treat it like that. And, yeah, like it's kind of funny, though, because Josh um, here up in Townsville, he's like he's had a total different upbringing to me <laughs> in the sense of he's had um, more, he's been more involved in his culture br growing up rather than me. So it's even different we find within ourselves, um, even though we're Indigenous, that we still have different values when it comes to things as well, which is very interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So is Josh from Townsville? He's always lived in Townsville? 
Yes, he's born and bred, and he's really proud of that fact that he's born and bred in Townsville. And yeah, like I think his um, grandparents like are from Townsville, so yeah. Wow. Okay. Very rich heritage here. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, okay. So we you don't want to be called somewhere else. Obviously, you don't want God to come and appear in a dream or something. <laughs> no, but if he did, then you know. <laughs> I know, I know. You always put kingdom first. No, I, I yeah. love that because I think I was actually talking to someone about this recently. It's like, and uh, not in regards to your culture, but I'm just talking about in any culture how we can allow things to trump kingdom, you, you know, yeah. and it's it's really interesting. It's like um, I heard someone speaking about, you know, our pastor's wives, and I go, well, no, we're wives of men. Um, but we're all called to do the same thing as everyone else, you know, to find yeah. Christ, serve Christ, outwork our faith in Christ. Titles and positions actually have nothing to do with it. It's always about kingdom and coming on that journey. So, yeah. yeah. And it. it's, um, yeah, like I just think there are so many like just things that we can value and we can like traditions that can be upheld but then there's also the future too. Like we've got to look to the future and what kind of, what do we want for the generations to come as well? Yeah, uh, that's beautiful. All right, yeah, it's funny. Like my husband, he's half Dutch, right? He's half Dutch. <laughs> and which means he just brings being stubborn to the table. That's really all he brings. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite happy for him to have kingdom culture sometimes. Okay, leave that stubbornness behind. That's bad. <laughs> But, I love uh, it. No excuses. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just stubborn. All right, Tash, just stop it. But, uh, let's talk about because we're doing a podcast right now, but you have yeah. a podcast. Can we talk about that? Yeah, so um, I have a podcast. It's called Our Life in an Adventure Podcast. And for ages, like last year when we were kind of, everyone was kind of not doing anything, we kind of had to take a step back and reassess all our lives and what we valued. And so it's been on my heart for a while to kind of start this podcast. And I didn't actually start it till this year. It kind of just different things are happening. And then it's like, okay, no, nah, you're going to do it, Tash. You just have to get your button to gear. You go <laughs> for it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I just started it, just recorded an episode, put it out there. And then I've recorded a few episodes, but the main idea is that um, like we can choose to live every day as an adventure because adventures, they have their ups, their downs, like there's everything in between. And when you watch movies about adventure and like people, there's always like this challenge that people have to overcome. It's like you, something happens and it's like, okay, what's inside me that I have to use to overcome or yeah, so I just wanted to use my voice in a sense to just encourage other people to know that if they want to start something, start it. If they just put something off, you know, now do it. Don't be afraid to, like, live your life and take responsibility for your own choices because at the end of the day, like, we're, we all have to be responsible for our own choices. Yeah, that's powerful. All right, so... I love that because that's that's quite you know that's quite challenging some of those things like live an adventure. Yeah. But what, what what holds people back then from doing some of these things? What have you found in just talking to people holds them back? Well, I think um, it can be fear. I think fear is a big thing, but then also um, 
like caring what other people think, that fear of people, man, like just, you know, um, yeah, like I'm not good enough, I can't do it. But it's like, yes, everyone's got a dream, everyone's got something, just do it. And I think that's the thing that can even stop us the most is ourselves. Like it's, it cannot even be any external force. It's just what's inside. And then, you know, you just got to take a step, take a jump, do it. And then <laughs> that's the biggest thing I've learned. I've learned over this last however long, just, you know, just do it. Yeah. All right, Sensor, have you had to overcome some of those things, the fear of what people think? How have you actually, let's, I mean, because, you know, I think we all have had those fears and, you know, and we want to get things right and it's such a funny thing that, you know, we're more worried about what people would think than even what God and being obedient to God. But how have you overcome those things? Maybe some practical things because I know this is going to be very relatable to a lot of people who are listening. How have you overcome yes. some of these things? Um, so... I think, like, for me, I used to think of myself as a shy person and when it comes down to it, I was like, I'm not actually shy. Like, I'm not a shy person. It was just that in my head I thought myself as a shy person, so that's how I kind of played it out. (laughs) But so it was kind of just, oh, I know who God's, it's having that confidence, like just understanding, yep, I know who God's called me to be and then, okay, I can do that. And, yeah, sometimes you're going to feel nervous. Sometimes your voice is going to be shaky when you're standing up for something or, like, you're doing something that you've never done before. But it's just taking, like, using that energy and, like, doing something with it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think it's powerful. But, I, I yeah, it's just such a real thing sometimes that we are paralysed um, yeah, and it's like we're stuck. Like I found my myself like I felt like I was just stuck and I was just making choices, but it's not like I was owning those choices. And so I took a step back and it's like, well, hold on, no, I like I need to choose what I'm going to do. Like I want to be this kind of person. And so, yeah, I think it's just having that confidence um, just to allow yourself to, um, to be confident or to just say no sometimes, say yes sometimes. It just depends on the situation, really, like, yeah. Um, You just said something there which I thought was powerful. It's about we actually can choose and so often we think we have no choice in a situation but we actually have a lot of choice quite often. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we play it in our minds and sometimes it's that fear of what's of the unknown. Well, what's on the other side? What if I do this, then what? And it's like we feel more comfortable if we don't make a choice. Yeah. So if we don't if we don't make that choice, then there's no repercussions or there's no um, outworking of that. And we found like we just made one choice in our life and then God's kind of just opened up all these other doors for us and it's been amazing. Yeah, it's powerful. All right, I, I think... Um, I won't keep you too much longer because, you know, your kids probably need you. But I one thing I love about you guys, every time I have seen you, is you carry a spirit of joy. And um, I don't know what the circumstances are going on in your life, but to me this is joy that radiates from you. 
Um, I think you carry a love for other people. There's just, you know, when you can see people and there's just things that it, you can see them even before you say anything. And I maybe just talk into that because I do feel like you're always positive and I know it hasn't always been easy. So I know that that's actually, it's not that your life is always excellent, I'm sure, but you carry this sense of joy and this enthusiasm and this passion where does that come from? I, I just, it's, it's just so contagious and I love that about you both. Yeah, I think um, that's a really good question <laughs> because <laughs> it's like when you think about it, Josh and I, we don't like to take ourselves too seriously. And Josh, I think, has helped, helped me over the years because um, I used to be maybe a bit more serious than what I am, but it's not even that, it's just... Um, as we've grown together, it's kind of, it's probably something that we've just always, I don't know, like there's always something happens, then there's always a positive. It's not always going to be like this. Like there's always going to be something that comes from it. And I think it's that scripture where um, like God uses everything for good. Yeah. And that's kind of like a scripture we love because no matter what goes on, he's going to turn it around for good. He's going to use it, even if it's to make us stronger or whatever it is. But, yeah, we like to laugh a lot. We do. <laughs> and um, it's quite funny because Josh thinks me and my sisters are very loud <laughs> and we have this laugh. He likes to call it the Ferguson laugh. Okay. So, yeah, maybe we just kind of just had fun growing up and laughing lots. <laughs> No, I, I think, you know, even just saying that, if you can see every challenge that you're seeing that God can turn it for good, I think that's such a great, um, just a, a bedrock in your life that you go, all right, it this, this sucks, this is hard, but God's going to bring it for good. I think that's just such a great outlook on life. That's really powerful. Yeah, because we never want to be, like for us, we don't ever want to be victims to our circumstances. Like we're, we're not our circumstance, so whatever whatever people are going through or facing, it's like there's more for you. There's something more Like you can overcome this. You can get through this. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right, you're working with young adults now. What's your one thing that you just really want to just get into young adults? Sometimes I just want to smack them because um, they don't realise how good their life is sometimes. <laughs> what, do you think, yeah. what do you think the big issues are facing our young adults these days? I think just being content with where you are. So it's like not rushing ahead, not looking back to when I was a young person or how things used to be, but kind of just being content in the moment. And I know like as a young adult, there can be that focus on like my career. Am I married? Have I got a house? Do I need a car? Like all these things. But it's like just enjoy, enjoy where you're at. Um, be content and then just like God will use you to he was going he wants to add to your life so it's just like just focus on him and then he can just bring it he'll bring it to you oh wise words Tash I'm loving this <laughs> wise words you guys are legends I think you're amazing and uh yeah, we're just so glad that you're part of the family and I know everyone's gonna get to meet you at different times 
Hopefully yeah. borders open up and restrictions one day end. That's all good. We'll get through this. But um, I just want to say thank you for um, coming on today. And we will give a link so people can follow along on your podcast as well. And oh, uh, we'll give a shout out to Queensland Youth Connections as well because um, I think what you're doing is really powerful. And one thing I love about um, what you're doing with Queensland Youth Connections is there's so many people, particularly in Townsville and in the rest of the state, it's just negativity about what's yeah. happening in Townsville with the with the youth issues, the crime issues and, you know, all those things. And I love that you're actually bringing a positive voice and actually trying to bring some hope into that situation. Yeah. And that's, yeah, we really want to do that because it's, um, yeah, we want to change the narrative. That's what it's um, QYC is all about, changing the narrative for young people. Love it. That is so, so powerful. So I want to say a big thank you. And when you finally get to meet Tash somewhere, just give her a big hug. She's, she's amazing. Get her laughing, obviously, because there's a laugh there that we've got to, you know, pull out somewhere. I love that. I always hate it when people text me and they're watching um, Church Online with us and it's literally, I heard you laughing. And I go, oh, that's so embarrassing when people say that. I go, oh, what can I do? It's just, it's better yeah. to laugh, isn't it? It's better to that's laugh. Right. If you're not laughing, you're crying. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I Would you do one thing for us, Tash? Would you just pray a blessing over whoever's listening today? Could you do that? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Dear Lord, I just pray for every single person who hears this, that they would just feel empowered to live the life that you've called them to live, that they would know that they're enough, that they are enough just by themselves and that um, you love them with an everlasting love and you're never, you're never going to leave them, you're never going to forsake them. So I just declare your favour, your blessing over every single person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for joining us for Favourite Friends today. Awesome.